Thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. Colossians chapter 1, the title of this message is The Principles of Positive Prayer. Principles of Positive Prayer. Paul is writing this letter to a church, the church in Colossae, that he did not start. Most of Paul's letters to churches were were to churches he founded. This is not the case with the Colossian letter. He did not start the church at Colossae. Most likely it was founded by a a fellow that Paul led to the Lord, though, a fellow by the name of Epaphras. And so Paul feels invested into this church. And he loves this church, as we can see in these opening 14 verses. Colossians 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people. The faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience. And giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Each year in the small town of Rudyard, Montana, they take a vote. A vote takes place to raise money for a local museum. And here's how the vote works. Local residents pay $5 for the privilege of casting a vote on the grumpiest member of their community. Furthermore, they let let everybody vote more than once. It's $5 for the first vote. And every vote thereafter is $1 per vote. And so the more votes you make, the less the cost is per vote. But you're voting on who they believe is the grumpiest member of their community. Now they can can vote as as often as they like. And after the, the ballots are counted, a winner is announced. And there is a sign that is placed at the city limits to welcome their summer visitors. And the sign says this, Rudyard, Montana, population 596 nice people, 
and one old sore head. Would you describe yourself as a grumpy person? Or would you describe yourself as a positive person? Would the people who know you best describe you as a positive person? If we had a vote this morning and everybody could pay $5 for the first vote, but they could pay a dollar for each additional vote that they want to make, and they could vote as often as they like to vote on who the grumpiest person is at Palmetto Baptist Church this morning. Do you think that maybe you might be in the running? How many of you ladies believe your husband would be in the running? Go ahead. There you go. Okay. Whenever I was little, whenever my kids were little, our kids would watch certain things on television. The Wizard of Oz, I think I've seen 300,014 times. They also occasionally would watch seven, uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. You remember the Seven Dwarfs? One of them's name was Grumpy. Grumpy because he was grumpy. Grumpy said on one occasion, he said, I'm so grumpy, I don't even talk to myself sometimes pretty grumpy. Stanford University did some research recently on attitudes and what impact our attitudes have on our success at a job or at school or at some project. And the researchers at Stanford found that that 87.5% of people's success can be traced back to whether or not they have a positive attitude. They found that only 12.5% of all people's success comes from things like knowledge, skills, aptitude. That's really the opposite of what we would think. Uh, We knew that attitude had something to do with our success, but little did we know that that over 85% of a person's success can scientifically be shown to, to be the result of attitude. Now, if that is true of a positive attitude, though, this sermon is not about positive attitude. There are plenty of preachers who talk about positive attitude, maybe over-talk about it. This is about positive praying. If our attitude, the positiveness or negativeness of an attitude impacts our success in life, think how much more a positive attitude will impact our prayer life and what we pray for, the people we pray for, our own selves as we pray. The Apostle Paul is writing this letter to a church he had not yet visited. He's writing to a church he did not start. And yet he feels invested in this church. He loves this church. And he's writing to them. And in these opening 14 verses, there's not a negative word in the verses. He talks about his prayers for them. And in all those... uh, Items that he lists, that he prays for them, all of them are positive. I believe the Apostle Paul knew that negative attitudes poison our thinking and they poise, they bleed into our prayers and they lead to sour lives. And we need people who are positive, but not just positive attitude. We need people who are positive prayer warriors. People who pray positively. Now, I want you to know that uh, the church at Colossae was the, the least significant city 
the least significant church in the least significant city in the whole area of Asia Minor, what was then Asia Minor. So this is, this is a church that, that most folks would overlook in an area, a city that most people would overlook. They had little reason to be positive, and yet Paul saw in them positivity, and he was positive about them, even though he had every right to be negative. You know where Paul is when he's writing this letter? He's in prison. In fact, he writes four letters during this first, the first of two Roman imprisonments. And he's writing this letter when he has every reason to be negative, and yet, just reading the first 14 verses of this letter, you'd never know that he was in prison. Because he's positive. And I believe as we look at what Paul says in these opening verses, we can see some principles for how to make our own prayer lives more positive. And folks, do we even need to bring up that in our world we need more positive people? In our world we need more positively praying people. In our world we need more people who are praying positive prayers. Not syrupy, cheesy, sick, make me sick to my stomach kind of prayer, but I'm talking about authentically positive prayers. Let me share with you some principles in these opening 14 verses that Paul gives us. First of all, if you want your prayers to be positive, rely on your position in Christ. Remember your position in Christ. Paul remembered that his position was in Christ. And it was on that position that he relied for the authority of his prayer life and for the writing of these letters. Why did he think he was qualified to write these letters? Was it because of his education? He had education, but that wasn't it. What was it? It was because of his position in Christ. Paul says this in verse 1. Paul an apostle, now let's just stop right there, apostle, the closest word we have to that uh, today is the word missionary. The word apostle means someone who is sent out on a mission. Paul saw himself as someone who had been sent out on a mission. He says, I'm an apostle of Christ Jesus. Not just someone sent out on any kind of mission, not just any kind of philanthropy or any kind of benevolence or charitable uh, project, but rather he says, I'm sent out as an apostle of Jesus Christ. He's my reason for being. He's my reason for existence. He's my reason for everything I do. But he doesn't stop there. I'm an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. God wants me to do what I'm doing. He says, when I'm praying for you, I'm praying for you because I'm, I'm sent out on that mission of Jesus Christ in the will of God, by the will of God. What's your position in Christ? You know, sometimes we come before God, especially those of us who struggle maybe with uh, with, with, with low self-esteem, sometimes we come before God and, and all we can focus on is the fact that we're unworthy to come before God. And truly, uh, an argument could be made that we are because we're all sinful. We all share in what we call the sinful nature. It, we came into this world with, with sinful nature as a standard equipment. And so a lot of times we come before the Lord and it's almost like we shy back because We've, we know that we're not worthy, and who, are, who am I to even come before the Lord? Uh, 
But let me, let me get across to you this. When you as a Christian come to the Lord, come to God in prayer, God, when he looks at you, he does not see something that's flawed. He does not see someone who is sinful. He does not see someone who is blemished or marred or full of failures and faults and mistakes. That's not the way God looks at you. When God looks at you, He sees not your sinful nature or my sinful nature, but when he looks at you, he sees his son, Jesus Christ. And that's all he sees when he sees us come to him. And so God doesn't want us to shrink back. Paul said, let us then come boldly before the throne of grace. And the reason for that is because of our position in Christ. You can pray positive prayers because you are a child of God if you've received Christ as your Savior. And you don't come to Him as flawed or imperfect. You come to Him and He sees Jesus in you. And He's awesome. He's excited to see you. Secondly, you can pray positive prayers when you look for reasons to be thankful as you pray. Or even as you prepare to pray. Paul says in verse 3, now he's talking to the, to the Christians in the church at Colossae. He says, we always thank God. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. As I read these 14 verses, it's almost as though Paul was looking. He was intent on looking for reasons to be thankful. Intent on looking for uh, uh, to see what God is doing and to see what he's doing through other people and how other people are a blessing. And he's looking for reasons to be thankful. Let me just ask you this. As you go through your life, and, and granted, I think we can all agree that there's plenty of reason. We can look around and see plenty of reasons for being negative. Plenty of, we can, it doesn't take long to find things that are wrong in this world. But if we look just as intently for reasons to be thankful... They are even more abundant. Look for reasons to be thankful. And it'll make you a more positive prayer. Number three, when you pray, commend people to God. Commend people to God. Now you say, well, what does it mean to commend people to God? Let me put it a different way. Brag about people to God. Find someone, maybe especially someone who, who doesn't get a lot of attention, is not, doesn't have the light on them that much, but you know that that person is a good person. You know that Christ lives in that person. And, and mention that person by name to God. You say, well, he already knows about the person. Well, sure he does. He already knows everything we're going to pray. But mention that person to God anyway. And brag about that person to God. In our service this morning, we had the privilege of having our facilities manager, Dwayne Knox, here. By the way, Mr. Dwayne, this past February, celebrated 10 years of being our facilities manager. The guy is, he's awesome. He's an incredible guy. I trust him with my life. And I, I lifted him up as an example. When, when I'm praying, say, you know, God, you know, 
Mr. Dwayne, he's our facilities manager. He does such a great job. He works almost every day here, and even on Sundays, he's the first one, even though he's not a member of our church, he's the first one here to open up the doors. And later he comes back to, to lock the doors at the end of the day. And on Wednesday, he does the same thing. And he does a lot of stuff for us that, that we don't even see him doing. God, I, I want to thank you for Dwayne's faithfulness. I mentioned Greg and Denise Crosby who provide refreshments for us every Sunday morning. When you come in, if you get coffee, they brought it. If you, you come in and you get a refreshment, they brought it. And, and quite often a job like that is a thankless job. And as I pray, I'm thinking, God, I, I, I so appreciate Greg and Denise. And, and they're faithful every week to do this. When you pray, think of somebody and then, then brag to God about them. Now you say, that just doesn't feel comfortable. I don't feel right doing it. Do it. Mention people to God. God already knows about it, but it blesses him and it will bless you to mention people to God. Paul says, we thank God because we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for God's people. He goes on talking about what they're doing. Bragging about them. And then in verse 7, he says, You learned all this from Epaphras. He named somebody by name. Our dear fellow servant who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf. And it was Epaphras who told us of your love in the Spirit. You see, Paul mentions the church as a whole and brags about them to God. Then he mentions Epaphras by name and he brags to God about Epaphras. Number four, if you want to be a positive prayer warrior, pray for what is best for other people. Pray for what is best for other people. Paul says in verse 9, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. And here's what we ask. Here's what I ask God to do for you. He says, we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will. By the way, did you notice he says, we continually. Since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped. Remember, he's got Timothy there with him too. Verse 1, he says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother. Bring people in there to pray with you for these, these things. He says, we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding the Spirit gives so that you will live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. He's praying for God's best on these people. You want to be a positive prayer warrior? Pray for people by name and think about what is, what is God's absolute best for that person and pray for that person. Now, let me ask you to go one step further, all right? Are you listening to me? Are you looking up here? I want you to think of somebody you do not like. Okay? Now, there are two groups of people we don't like. On the one hand, there are those folks we don't like, and we're never around them because we don't want to be around them. If we know where they're going to be, because we don't like them, we avoid them. If they're in Alabama, we'll go to Washington State. If they're in Michigan, we'll go to Texas. We're going to stay away from them. That's one type. But then there's another type person that we dislike. But because that person is either a family member or a work colleague 
or uh, someone at church that we see going and coming quite often, we dislike them, but we, we, we have to interact with them. They're family, or uh, work with them, or uh, I'm in church with them in the same service, or what have you. That's the person I want you to think about, okay? The person you don't like, but that you have to be around. Hello? You thinking about somebody? Now, I want to ask you to pray for that person. And I want to ask you to force yourself. I'm going to do this too. I want to ask you to force yourself to pray for that person in such a way that you pray for God's absolute best for that person. And don't, don't just do it one time. Continue to do it. Because here's what's going to happen. Number one, God is going to give his best to that person. But number two... That person that you start praying for in a positive way and you keep doing it, God is going to change the dislike of that person in your heart to a love of that person. God will do that as you and I are praying for that person. And some of you are saying, I don't want to like that person. But God wants you to like that person. Listen. We don't have to. We don't have to agree with somebody to like them. We don't have to necessarily uh, uh, appreciate some of the things they do for us to love them. God wants us to love people, and He calls upon us to do the hard things of loving those who are not always the most lovable. Number five. Paul started with Jesus, his position in Jesus, and now he's going to conclude by circling back to lavish praise on Jesus again. You see, Jesus is the beginning and the end. He's the Alpha and the, and the Omega. He's the A to Z. He is, he is where we start. He's where we are. He's where we're going. He's everything about us. We are able to pray because we rely on our position in him and we come back to him because he anchors us. Paul says in verse 12, I give thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his people in the kingdom of light because he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. There it is, Jesus, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Paul started out this passage revealing his position in Christ. And in these final verses, he circles back around to Jesus because he wants to close where he opened them. Rick Warren, the pastor at Saddleback Church in California, said this about positive praying. He says, positive praying is more effective than positive thinking. All the positive thinking in the world, he said, isn't going to change that husband or that wife or that child or your friend or that terrible situation you're in. But positive thinking, he says, can change you. It won't change somebody else, but it'll change you. But positive prayer, on the other hand, can make a difference not only in you, but also in someone else. Folks, if there is ever a time when we need to lift our eyes to the Lord and we need to be positive and we need to pray positive prayers and we need to love people just as we love ourselves, it is today. And nobody should be more positive 
than you and I who know the Lord Jesus Christ and are headed to heaven because of him. No one should be more positive than you and I. Please pray. I know you do. And when you pray, pray positive prayers. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, sometimes we fail to realize what a tremendous gift you've given us, this gift to pray. Prayer is such a wonderful gift. You could have set this whole thing up where we just couldn't talk with you, or maybe we had to get an appointment and had to wait six months, a year, 18 months, but that wasn't the way you set it up. You set it up so that we could come to you at any time, and you're always there, And God, I thank you that when when I come to you in prayer, you don't see Jimmy Orr for all the mistakes I've made in life. You don't see me for the sinful person that you could see me as. I'm grateful to you, Lord, that when, when I come to you in prayer, you see me as your son. So grateful for that. And Lord, I pray now for this invitation. There are people here with us this morning who have never invited you to be their Savior and they need to come and accept you as their Savior. There are those who've been saved but haven't joined a local church. There are others who have had wonderful things that you're doing in their lives and maybe they just are so full of joy that they want to come to this uh, front and just worship you because of how good you've been to them. God, I pray that your spirit would move among us right now. In Jesus' name, amen.